You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 27th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Please follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to dive a little bit into the centers. To begin our player evaluation series, we'll talk about Wendell Carter and Nikola Vucevic and what the Magic got from them this season and why the center position is both really strong for this team and also still a bit of a mystery. We'll get into that coming up in just a moment and also talk a little bit about last night's action in the NBA playoffs. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on... On uh, the Atlanta Hawks, the New York Knicks, the Utah Jazz, or the Memphis Grizzlies, or whoever you want, you can check out all the great podcasts on Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On Podcast for you. Again, search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. The place we're going to start our player evaluations, and, and I do include uh, players that are no longer on the team. I, I, I do like to go back and look at every player that, that played and contributed to the season. The place we're going to start with is at the center position. Um, obviously, it's a position that has defined Magic history in many, many ways um, because of the great players that have been here, uh, in Shaq and Dwight Howard specifically. But even when the Magic are weak at center, it's, it's defined the team. Um, during the Tracy McGrady era, it seemed like the Magic were just shuffling centers in and out, just trying to find someone who could defend and rebound a little bit so that Tracy McGrady's individual brilliance could work. And certainly back then, in, in the early 2000s, the center position was so much more important, or, 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 or what you needed from the center position, especially defensively, was so much more important than it might be today, although I, I still think the center position is very important defensively. The Magic's inability to find a center after Shaq left was one of the great failures of this franchise. Um, and you can go down the list of all-time great names. Let's remember some names. Danny Shays, Andrew DeClerc, Stephen Hunter, Patrick Ewing, Sean Kemp, Don Reed. It's it's, it's not a great list. My, 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 man, my man John Amici will, will be spared from, from, that, from that list. Um, to say the least, center is still very, very important. And... The Magic this year made a huge shift at that position. Um, Obviously, when you trade away an all-star like Nikola Vucevic, you are making a big shift anyway. But that position was under as much flux and and still holds as much promise as any others. So I want to start our our player evaluations with Nikola Vucevic. You know, we talked a lot about Nikola Vucevic over the course of the season as we watched him blossom into a full-fledged all-star. Someone that you expect to be uh, in all-star contention every year at this point. It's been three straight years that he's been in an all-star contention, two, two out of three years in the all-star game itself. But this year was something different. This year was not like 2019, where it was just his consistency uh, that guided him into the game. Where finally all his skills seemed to come together and just be there for the team every single night. 
This year, Nikola Vucevic became a true star. And, and you know, I, I've defended Nikola Vucevic a lot. I, I admit to a lot of his, his flaws and his shortcomings, but I defended Nikola Vucevic a lot for a long time. And it was fascinating to watch the conversation about Nikola Vucevic change. Now, I, like, I was the first to admit that, you know, Nikola Vucevic probably is limiting. Um, you know, his defensive limitations are a huge factor. But what changed over the last three years was he became such a consistent three-point shooter that you could overcome those limitations. And that only got better this year, where Nikola Vucevic shot better than 40% from three this season, became a true weapon, was the king of the top-of-the-arc three-pointer. And through all the injuries, the Magic had to rely on Vucevic more and more and more, and he stepped up in every way. There are games where Nikola Vucevic was pouring in 35 points, and you just sit there and say, what more is he supposed to do? In a rarity, and again, injuries were a big factor, but in a rarity, Nikola Vucevic became like Tracy McGrady, trying to carry a completely undermanned and outmatched roster at times on his back and giving them the best chance to win. McGrady found that to be difficult as well, and he's a Hall of Famer. And I'm not saying Nikola Vucevic is a Hall of Famer. Obviously, a center doing it is very different than a guard. But Nikola Vucevic established himself in the hierarchy of Magic history. We talked about this place in history throughout the course of the season. Um, But undoubtedly now, Nikola Vucevic is... uh, People yelled at me last year when I said Nikola Vucevic was a top 10 player in Magic history. Now I think that is unequivocally true. No one can debate that. And if you are, you're wrong. I think we can make a strong debate that Nikola Vucevic is the fifth best player in Magic history. That he has surpassed Nick Anderson, whose longevity and consistency and and nostalgia placed him just outside the team's Mount Rushmore. And we had very, very real discussions that... If the Magic retired jerseys, would number nine go up there? Regardless of whether you think that debate is worth having, I'm I'm a little lukewarm on those debates, or whether you think that Nikola Vucevic would be worthy of such an honor, the fact that we are having these debates, that Nikola Vucevic is already a Magic Hall of Famer before the season, but the fact that Nikola Vucevic is in those discussions and in those debates... That's that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. That is a real thing. And that's something that Nikola Vucevic accomplished and brought to the fore this season. He was really good. Really, really good. And there is still legitimate argument about whether the Magic were right to make the trade that they made. I mean, I sat here and argued, while it was clear the Magic were about to fall down the standings, I sat here and argued that I thought Nikola Vucevic was vital to the team's future development. That I thought the stability that he would bring at the center position would enable the young team to grow and still compete for something. Still compete for a playoff spot. Because Vucevic is good enough to keep the Magic at least on the periphery of the playoff conversation, literally on his own. Maybe the far periphery, but the periphery nonetheless. And I said throughout the entire run-up to the trade deadline that it would take a killer deal for the Magic to give Vucevic away. I think the Magic did get that killer deal. And while I am still somewhat skeptical and cautious and nervous about relying on the lottery as much as the Magic have, the fact that 
the fact that the Magic do get second two two first round picks that are top four protected, the fact that the Magic are very much in the conversation for having the best draft haul in this year's draft, a good draft at that, should hopefully prove that it was worth doing. Jeff Weltman took a huge risk trading away his lone star player for hopes and dreams. And they could cash in or they could not. But the reality is this too. What the Magic traded away was a piece of their history. What the Magic gave up in Nikola Vucevic was a player who showed up to work for, what, nine years? Consistently produced consistently did whatever was asked of him, rarely complained. There, there was one moment where he certainly did, and he had a right to. Rarely complained and just did the work. Got better and thrived. Nikola Vucevic is a great story of development with this team. And he should be and will be remembered as a magic legend. I'm not saying put him on Mount Rushmore. I'm not even saying retire his jersey. He is certainly an Orlando Magic Hall of Famer. But he has truly, I mean, he's going to define a whole era of Magic basketball, good or bad. And it's not because of the bad, it's because the team was bad. He was good. He was a bright spot in a dark time in this franchise's history. And the Magic certainly do miss him, even if their future is much brighter, their cap sheet a little clearer, and their potential and possibilities much wider. We're going to talk about the man that replaced Nikola Vucevic in Orlando, what he brought to the team, and the free fresh that he so desperately needed coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Rock Auto. Here in Florida, I don't know how many of you are listening that are in Florida, it is almost summertime. We're at the end of May. We all know what that means. The 90-degree weather is, it's not. it's almost here. It's pretty much here. And we know that heat destroys your car. The worst part about living in Florida is the heat, the humidity, all of it. It's terrible. And it's terrible for you, and it's terrible for your car. So if you're someone that takes care of your car yourself, get it ready for the summer by checking out rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. So let's talk a little bit about the man who replaced Nikola Vucic. And it's always an unenviable job to replace a player who's an all-star. Uh, you know, it, it's... It doesn't matter who it is. I mean, Nikola Vucevic replaced Dwight Howard, and he was always kind of measured up to Dwight Howard. He was never a good enough defender, never a good enough impact player. It always felt in the early days with Nikola Vucevic that he was just kind of there until the Magic found a better option. I mean, shoot, I said that. I said, you know, you don't, Nikola Vucevic is good, 
but you don't give him up unless you have a better option in place. And, you know, I, I'll admit this, I thought Serge Ibaka was that guy um, that clearly proved to be wrong and it took the Magic far too long and far too much capital to figure out that Nikola Vucevic was a pretty darn good player in himself. Wendell Carter is not being brought in to be better than Nikola Vucevic. Let's make that perfectly clear. Um, as I said at the time of the trade, the asset, the, 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 the pieces that mattered in the trades that the Magic did were not the player necessarily the, the major players they got back. In the Evan Fournier deal, the biggest thing that they got back was the $17 million trade exception. Uh, the biggest thing that the Magic got back in the Aaron Gordon trade was not Gary Harris. It was R.J. Hampton, as good as Gary Harris is, and I'm glad Gary Harris is on the team. And similarly, the big thing that tipped the Magic over the edge to get that trade done, the thing that they were probably really after in the Nikola Vucevic trade, was not Wendell Carter. It was the two first-round picks that they're promised in 2021 and 2023, so long as they're outside the top four. Getting Wendell Carter, though, is not a bad thing. And really, I want to center this story less on the magic and why they brought Wendell Carter in, and more on Wendell Carter himself. Look, the draft is a weird thing, especially if you're a top 10 pick. You're brought in with all this pomp and circumstance. You're brought in with all these hopes and this belief. And your rookie year is kind of a wash. Like, like I, I kind of consider a rookie year very similar to Summer League. In Summer League, you find out who can't play more than who can play. Your rookie year is very much the same thing. You find out if a guy has something that works on an NBA court. And again, you look at the Magic's rookies this year, Cole Anthony, Chumo Kiki, and RJ Hampton all look like they have something that they can grow and develop on. But draft picks are like used cars, or like any car. They lose value the moment they leave the lot. And now you've got a player. And especially after that rookie year is gone, now you ask, okay, how are you going to get better? How are you going to make your mark on this team? Because at the end of the day, that contract is very, very small and easily moved. The Bulls easily moved him to Orlando. And so Wendell Carter sort of stagnated after a solid rookie year. He, he clashed with his coaches, and, and that instability really hurt him. His confidence dipped, and it was just clear that things were not working in Chicago. He showed plenty of signs of being a great defender, but it was all so inconsistent because you just couldn't trust him on the offensive end so much. It's not that Wendell Carter's numbers in Orlando were so drastically different than Chicago. They were better, but they weren't so drastically different. But the way and the confidence that he played with was. The change of scenery was exactly what Wendell Carter needed. And I would argue, you know, to some extent that Mo Bamba could certainly individually use maybe a change of scenery, a different pair of eyes on him, different voice in his head, you know, different, different coaching staff. It, it probably is best for his development that, that he moves on in a lot of ways. Not saying that he can't still be successful in Orlando, but it's very much the same problem that Wendell Carter had in Chicago. He was just too buried. Opinions were set. He wasn't able to kind of break through. But in Orlando, Wendell Carter got that fresh start. And he took advantage of it. Say what you want about a lot of things, but Wendell Carter had a very successful run, especially early on in his tenure with the Orlando Magic. Overall with the Magic, he averaged... 11.7 points per game, 8.8 rebounds per game, and shot 51% from the floor. This, after struggling a bit in Chicago. This year with the Bulls, averaging only 10.9 points per game and 7.8 rebounds per game. 
His shooting percentage was extremely low. But more than that, Wendell Carter proved himself to be a really skilled defender. Opponents shot just 45.7% at the rim against Wendell Carter in his time with the Magic. Only two players for the Magic were under 50% in that mark, which is extremely good, by the way. Nikola Vucic was like at 53-54%, I think. Um, And in 2019, probably his best defensive season, he was at 52, which is really good. Only two players were under 50%. Wendell Carter and Michael Carter-Williams. Michael Carter-Williams arguably, you know, Jonathan Isaac excused, the best defender on the team. Wendell Carter made a real impact defensively. Just go back and watch the tape from the Clippers game, from the win against the Clippers, when Wendell Carter had the huge block that sealed that game, or against New Orleans and and the road game, where he had a huge block to seal that game. If the Magic want to be a defensive team, which they absolutely do, they saw signs of just how good defensively they can be in those early days. And Wendell Carter was right at the middle of it, playing with 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 some great energy, and really allowing the Magic to flex a little bit defensively. In my opinion, a lot of some of Carter's issues were that the Magic were still running stuff as if Nikola Vucevic was there. And he's not Nikola Vucevic. He's not as good of a mid-range jump shooter. He's not as good of a, of a floor spacer. And I think the Magic are going to have to adjust and change their offense a little bit in the offseason. But unfortunately, during the season, there was very little time to implement anything new. And the team was so young and so riddled with injuries that the Magic were just had to just kind of run with what they knew, and it didn't quite fit the roster. So to be sure, I'm expecting, and we did see the Magic, I think, do this a little bit as much as, as the coaching staff won't admit it, we did see the Magic become a little bit more aggressive defensively. And with the potential of a Chumo, Kiki, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter front line, I would expect the Magic to be a much more aggressive defensive team. The team that the Magic want to be is likely the one that we saw immediately after the trade deadline getting after teams defensively, creating turnovers, getting out in transition. That's the formula the Magic want to use to win games. And Wendell Carter's right in the middle of all of this. He had a really good run with the Magic after the trade deadline. And he really took to this fresh fresh start. But there's always concerns. Some of the specters and some of the ghosts that kept him from really breaking through in Chicago showed up again. As, mu- as good of a defender as he is, he is not a great rebounder. Some of this is, of course, coming down from Nikola Vucevic, who is a 29% defensive rebound rate player, to a Wendell Carter, who is a 21 to 22, 23% on defensive rebounds, uh, on his defensive rebound rate. That's not that's a huge drop off. And adding that on top of losing Aaron Gordon, who is at 17% defensive rebound rate, to Chumo Kiki, who is at 11, the Magic lost a lot on the glass. Wendell Carter is listed at six foot ten and measured at six foot ten at the combine with shoes, but he is definitely a smaller player, uh, and that knocks him off off course a little bit. Uh, when he was he, while he's able to defend first shots really really well, he isn't always able to regain his position to go attack the glass. His second jump isn't very good, and that hurts because in order for the Magic to be successful, they've got to be a great rebounding team too, and that lack of size hurts him too. In Chicago, he never had any major injuries, but there's all these little nagging injuries that would just kind of set him back. And we saw that in Orlando too. When he sprained his ankle, he struggled. In his first 13 games with the Magic, he was absolutely incredible. Averaging 14.5 points per game and 8.8 rebounds per game while shooting 57.8% from the floor. 
But after missing a late game in late April with, I believe it was a sprained ankle, and then coming back, perhaps a little too soon. He averaged only 7.8 points per game and 8.7 rebounds per game with a 35.1% field goal percentage the rest of the season. Carter's got to stay healthy. And that's certainly still a big question mark. But overall, things were positive for Wendell Carter. I don't mean to always to harp on the negative. I'm just raising those, those warning lights a little bit because I think the Magic's position at center is still a bit unsettled. Carter is fine. I'm not going to be upset if Wendell Carter is a starting center next year. I'm not going to be upset that if he that he's go, if he gets the chance to really prove himself because next year is a contract year for him. He's got a lot to prove, and he's got to prove to the Magic that he's willing to work and put in the work to be a better player, to be a player that can be the foundation of a great defense and a starter in this league. My kind of read of Carter from what I saw from him is that maybe he's best as a backup big, a high-level backup big, like a Marcin Gortat-level backup big, um, where he can start when needed, and you're not going to be upset if he's starting. But for a winning team, he's probably best coming off the bench. How much are you willing to pay for that? And the bigger question for the Magic, if Evan Mobley's available in the draft, do you take him and push Carter off to the side a little bit? All very, very fair questions and stuff that the, and things that the Magic are going to have to consider as their offseason goes on and as things continue. But Wendell Carter regained and reclaimed his... reclaimed his potential and his talent this season. No doubt about it, he was stellar this season for the Orlando Magic. And the Magic should be very, very happy with the return they got in that trade beyond just those draft picks because Wendell Carter played really well and could very well transform this Magic team's defense once again. We'll talk a little bit about the games in last night's NBA playoffs coming up here in just a moment. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA playoffs are underway, as are the NHL playoffs, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, tip-off, or puck drop, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at Built Bar. You've heard me talk about Built Bar plenty of times on this show. I can tell you that it is the best protein bar that I've ever had. It's a protein bar that I turn to all the time. Unlike those other protein bars, it is not a meal replacement bar. You're not getting 350, 400 calories or whatever whatever it says on the packaging for a, a bar. Now, if you work out a lot, maybe that's what you need, but not for me. I'm not a heavy workout person. I hit the bike maybe 30 minutes a day. I'm out walking around, walking around to go to work. I need a little energy pick-me-up. I don't need a full meal to supplement my workouts or supplement my diet. And that's why Built Bar is the bar for me. Comes in nine delicious flavors plus occasional limited time flavors. You can get it now in coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. I can tell you the ones that I've tried, they all taste exactly like they say on the packaging. So you're not getting some weird aftertaste or anything like that. Most of the flavors have only 17 have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Like I said, a, a snack bar, not a meal replacement bar. It's a supplement bar. 
Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, who has been the best player in the NBA playoffs so far? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's actually an interesting question. Who's been the best player in the NBA playoffs so far? It's been a really exciting postseason. Obviously, we had uh, some great games uh, last night with the uh, Atlanta Hawks holding off the New, or the New York Knicks, excuse me, coming back to defeat the Atlanta Hawks, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers stomping the Washington Wizards, and the Utah Jazz evening their series. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think what's been really exciting about this postseason so far has been the young stars that are getting made. Um, you know, I, I think, especially when Memphis beat Golden State, there's a lot of hand-wringing about not having a proven guy in Stephen Curry going, uh, going up into the playoffs. But, this is really the time to make new stars. Um, I'm, I'm excited that the Hawks-Knicks series is getting all the attention it deserves because Trey Young is going to come out of this a star. I mean, everyone's talking about how he was a villain, how he's turning heel, and, and it's, you know, that stuff is great. That's what we want to see. Those are the compelling storylines we want. Um, you know, I saw several tweets go down about John Moran after his effort against the Jazz last night about how he needs to be on TV more. Um, and, I'm, and, and people who are like, oh, Memphis is in the playoffs, these are the Warriors, that's terrible. It's like, no. We're going to get to see John Morant in the playoffs. This is really exciting. Um, you know, you got guys, you know, Joel Embiid's having a great postseason. Uh, Giannis is having a great postseason so far, too. Um, we're seeing Devin Booker, uh, who I, I I would say probably gets my vote right now, um, having a big breakout turn. And obviously that huge game tonight against the Lakers um, is, is you know, really going to be, I mean, obviously big for the Suns, um, who are trying to beat the, beat the champs. And a young team beating the champs even as a two-seed is is a really difficult thing to do. Um, it, it's been a really exciting postseason. I know there, there have been a lot of blowouts, but, you know, the games that we had last night, you know, honestly, it, this is the, the answer to this question, who's been the best player in the playoffs so far? can't believe it took me this long to get there. Luka Doncic. Um, you know, I said it yesterday. I, I expected Luka Doncic to be very good. He was the number one guy on my draft board during that draft. I did not expect him to be this good. I don't think anyone expected him to be this good, and certainly not this quickly. To be in his third season... Averaging a triple-double in the playoffs against a very good Clippers team. Um, it's It's been incredible watching Luka Doncic play the way that he's played. It's been incredible watching him be this good. Um, and and there's just, frankly, there's just no answer for him. There's just no answer for how well he's playing and, and, and the things that he's able to do. Um, because, you know, you can double him and he just, he always makes the right pass. And Dallas right now is just playing so incredibly well. Um, that's that's been a really intriguing series, and you know I think and the Clippers aren't are saying they're not panicking, but I think there should be a little bit of concern on the Clippers side. But let's get to last night's action. Um, the, the Sixers destroyed the Wizards. You know I, I think the Sixers have the the size and the defense to handle Russell Westbrook. Um, obviously his injury kind of hurts things a little bit too, uh, but overall that that Philadelphia team is just really good. They're playing really really well. Embiid's kind of got himself clicking. Tobias Harris has got himself clicking. Uh, that 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 Sixers team is just really really strong, um, and it's you know obviously it, I think there's a really distinct chance that they're going to sweep it. Just Washington just hasn't been able to show the fight and the, and that nec- so far at least to really think that that's going to be uh, anything but anything uh, near a competitive series. The Hawks Knicks series though has been delightful. Um, that Knicks team is so tough um, and and just 
they there there's no quitting them. There's there's there's, there's very much a whiff of of you know we're, we 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 know we're not supposed to be here, but we're going to prove we belong anyway. Um, and Atlanta, ha- you know, Atlanta, you know, Trey Young came out and played really, really well. Um, but the Hawks really struggled to get their offense going once their three-pointers stopped falling like they were in the first half. New York just kept grinding, and that's such a Tom Thibodeau thing. Derrick Rose really carried that team, and then Julius Randle woke up in the third quarter and got them to the finish line. Big shots by Reggie Bullock. That series is going seven. Um, those are two really evenly matched teams. It's been a lot of fun seeing the Garden rocking like it has. You know, I, I've been telling people... I don't get the reverence we have for the Knicks. That is a that has been, except for two times in their franchise history, been a very poorly run franchise. But the Garden, when it is full and it is rocking, is as good as any atmosphere that you can find in basketball. So I'm very very happy to see that. Uh, I'm really excited to see those those games back in Atlanta starting on Friday. Um, that series is that series is just going to be war. I think it's going to get a lot lot more competitive from here. Uh, and then Memphis and Utah. Um, you know Utah. I still have my questions about Utah, but Donovan Mitchell obviously makes that team an elite team. Uh, having him back even for, what, 21, 22, 23 minutes, something like that, really sparked that team and gave them some offensive punch. But give Memphis all the credit in the world. That team is, is that team fights. Um, they don't have the three-point shooting, I think, to keep up with Utah at the end of the day, uh, but they keep fighting. And, and I was thinking this as I was watching Memphis climb back in that game. There's very much a we're playing with house money vibe from Memphis. They they they're playing like they got nothing to lose, um, and they really do. I mean, they've already accomplished their goal for the season. They've already proven that they that they belong on the court with that Jazz team. They're playing with house money, uh, and, and that makes them a very very dangerous team. Um, John Morant is is having his breakout, like I said, but uh, again, if Utah's clicking with Donovan Mitchell with the three point shooting that they have they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. And so as Mitchell gets healthier, as Mitchell's minutes begin to expand, I think that series uh, will will go the way we expect it to. Um, whether it's a five or six game series, though, I think is going to be the interesting part of the puzzle for, for the Grizzlies and the Jazz. More games tonight. We got the Heat and the Bucks playing tonight, I believe, um, as well as the Lakers and the Suns. So it should be another fun night of basketball. We'll talk a little bit more about the playoffs, of course, as the playoffs continue. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in. Himalaya, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter, of course, at philiprr underscore mean. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Ross. I'm going to see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.